Section seven of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume eight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume eight, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton, eighteen twenty one to eighteen ninety. Section seven when it was the seven hundred and ninety-fourth night she resumed it hath reached me o auspicious king that when hasan had determined to visit the princesses he gave his mother the orders we have mentioned now as fate would have it his wife heard what he said to his mother and neither of them knew it then hasan went without the city and beat the kettle-drum whereupon up came the dromedaries and he loaded twenty of them with rarities of al iraq after which he returned to his mother and repeated his charge to her and took leave of her and his wife and children one of whom was a yearling babe and the other two years old then he mounted and fared on without stopping night or day over hills and valleys and plains and wastes for a term of ten days till on the eleventh he reached the palace and went in to his sisters with the gifts he had brought them the princesses rejoiced at his sight and gave him joy of his safety whilst his sister decorated the palace within and without then they took the presents and lodging him in a chamber as before asked him of his mother and his wife and he told them that she had borne him two sons then the youngest princess seeing him well and in good case joyed with exceeding joy and repeated this couplet if ever ask for news of you from what so breezes pass and never any but yourselves can pass across my mind then he abode with them in all honour and hospitality for three months spending his time in feasting and merry-making joy and delight hunting and sporting so fared it with him but as regards his wife she abode with his mother two days after her husband's departure and on the third day she said to her glory be to god have i lived with him three years and shall i never go to the bath then she wept and hasan's mother had pity on her condition and said to her o oh, my daughter here we are strangers and thy husband is abroad were he at home he would serve thee himself but as for me i know no one however o my daughter i will heat thee water and wash thy head in the hammam bath which is in the house answered the king's daughter o my lady hadst thou spoken thus to one of the slave-girls she had demanded to be sold in the sultan's open market and had not abode with thee men are excusable because they are jealous and their reason telleth them that if a woman go forth the house happily she will do frowardness but women o oh my lady are not all equal and alike and thou knowest that if woman have a mind to aught whether it be the haman or what not else none hath power over her to guard her or keep her chaste or debar her from her desire for she will do whatso she willeth and not restraineth her but her reason and her religion then she wept and cursed fate and bemoaned herself and her strangerhood till hasan's mother was moved to ruth for her case and knew that all she said but was truth and that there was nothing for it but to let her have her way so she committed the affair to allah extolled and exalted be he and making ready all that they needed for the bath took her and went with her to the hammam she carried her two little sons with her and when they entered they put off their clothes and all the women fell to gazing on the princess and glorifying god to whom belong might and majesty for that he had created so fair a form the women of the city even those who were passing by flocked to gaze upon her and the report of her was noised about in baghdad till the bath was crowded that there was no passing through it 
now it chanced there was present on that day and on the rare occasion with the rest of the women in the hammam one of the slave-girls of the commander of the faithful harun al-rashid by name tofa the lutenist and she finding the hammam overcrowded and no passing for the throng of women and girls asked what was to do and they told her of the young lady so she walked up to her and considering her closely was amazed at her grace and loveliness and glorified god magnified be his majesty for the fair forms he hath created the sight hindered her from her bath so that she went not farther in nor washed but sat staring at the princess till she had made an end of bathing and coming forth of the caldarium donned her raiment whereupon beauty was added to her beauty she sat down on the divan whilst the women gazed upon her then she looked at them and veiling herself went out tofa went out with her and followed her till she saw where she dwelt when she left her and returned to the caliph's palace and ceased not wending till she went in to the lady zubaydah and kissed ground between her hands whereupon quoth her mistress o tofa why hast thou tarried in the hammam she replied o my lady i have seen a marvel never saw i its like amongst men or women and this it was that distracted me and dazed my wit and amazed me so that i forgot even to wash my head asked zubaydah and what was that and tofa answered o my lady i saw a damsel in the bath having with her two little boys like moons i never espied her like nor before her nor after her neither is there the fellow of her form in the whole world nor her peer amongst ajams or turks or arabs by the munificence o my lady and thou toldest the commander of the faithful of her he would slay her husband and take her from him for her like is not to be found among women i asked of her mate and they told me that he is a merchant hasan of basorhite moreover i followed her from the bath to her own house and found it to be that of the wazir with the two gates one opening on the river and the other on the land indeed o oh my lady i fear lest the prince of the true believers hear of her and break the law and slay her husband and take loveliest with her and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the seven hundred and ninety-fifth night she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king that when tofa after seeing the king's daughter described her beauty to the lady zubaydah ending with indeed o my mistress i fear lest the prince of true believers hear of her and break the law and slay her mate and take her to wife zubaydah cried woe to thee o tofa say me doth this damsel display such passing beauty and loveliness that the commander of the faithful should on her account barter his soul's good for his worldly lust and break the holy law by allah needs must i look on her and if she be not as thou sayest i will bid strike off thy head o strumpet there are in the caliph's seraglio three hundred and threescore slave-girls after the number of the days of the year yet is there none amongst them so excellent as thou describest tofa replied no by allah o my lady nor is there her like in all baghdad no nor amongst the arabs or the daylamites nor hath allah to whom belong might and majesty created the like of her thereupon zubaydah called for masrur the eunuch who came and kissed the ground before her and she said to him o masrur go to the wazir's house that with the two gates one giving on water and the other on the land and bring me the damsel who dwelleth there also her two children and the old woman who is with her and haste thou and tarry not said masrur i hear and i obey and repairing to hasan's house knocked at the door quoth the old woman who is at the door and quoth he masrur the eunuch of the commander of the faithful 
so she opened the door and he entered and saluted her with the salam whereupon she returned his salute and asked his need and he replied the lady zubaydah daughter of al-kasim and queen spouse of the commander of the faithful harun al-rashid sixth of the sons of al-abbas paternal uncle of the prophet whom allah bless and keep summeth thee to her thee and thy son's wife and her children for the women have told her anent her and her beauty rejoined the old woman o my lord masrur we are foreigner folk and the girl's husband my son who is abroad and far from home hath strictly charged me not to go forth nor let her go forth in his absence neither show her to any of the creatures of allah almighty and i fear me if aught befall her and he come back he will slay himself wherefore of thy favour i beseech thee o masrur require us not of that whereof we are unable masrur retorted o my lady if i knew aught to be feared for you in this i would not require you to go the lady zubaydah desireth but to see her and then she may return so disobey not or thou wilt repent and like as i take you i will bring you both back in safety inshallah hasan's mother could not gainsay him so she went in and making the damsel ready brought her and her children forth and they all followed masrur to the palace of the caliphate where he carried them in and seated them on the floor before the lady zubaydah they kissed ground before her and called down blessings upon her and zubaydah said to the young lady who was veiled wilt thou not uncover thy face that i may look on it so she kissed the ground between her hands and discovered a face which put to shame the full moon in the height of heaven zubaydah fixed her eyes on her and let their glances wander over her whilst the palace was illumined by the light of her countenance whereupon the queen and the whole company were amazed at her beauty and all who looked on her became jinn mad and unable to bespeak one another as for zubaydah she rose and making the damsel stand up strained her to her bosom and seated her by herself on the couch moreover she bade decorate the palace in her honour and calling for a suit of the richest raiment and a necklace of the rarest ornaments put them upon her then said she to her o liege lady of fair ones verily thou astoundest me and fillest mine eyes what arts knowest thou she replied o my lady i have a dress of feathers and could i but put it on before thee thou wouldst see one of the fairest of fashions and marvel thereat and all who saw it would talk of its goodliness generation after generation zubaydah asked and where is this dress of thine and the damsel answered tis with my husband's mother do thou seek it for me of her so zubaydah said to the old woman o my lady the pilgrimess o my mother go forth and fetch us her feather dress that we may solace ourselves by looking on what she will do and after take it back again replied the old woman o my lady this damsel is a liar hast thou ever seen any of womankind with a dress of feathers indeed this belongeth only to birds but the damsel said to the lady zubaydah as thou livest o my lady she hath a feather dress of mine and it is in a chest which is buried in such a store-closet in the house so zubaydah took off her neck a rivery of jewels worth all the treasures of chosroes and caesar and gave it to the old woman saying o my mother i conjure thee by my life take this necklace and go and fetch us this dress that we may divert ourselves with the sight thereof and after take it again but she sware to her that she had never seen any such dress and wist not what the damsel meant by her speech then the lady zubaydah cried out at her and taking the key from her called masrur and said to him as soon as he came take this key and go to the house 
then open it and enter a store closet there whose door is such and such and a middlemost of it thou wilt find a chest buried take it out and break it open and bring me the feather dress which is therein and set it before me and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the seven hundred and ninety-sixth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the lady zubaydah having taken the key from hasan's mother handed it to masrur saying take this key and open such a closet then bring forth of it the chest break it open bring me the feather dress which is therein and set it before me hearkening and obedience replied he and taking the key went forth whereupon the old woman arose and followed him weeping eyed and repenting of her having given ear to the damsel gone with her to the bath for her desire to go thither was but a device so she went with him to the house and opened the door of the closet and he entered and brought out the chest then he took therefrom the feather dress and wrapping it in a napkin carried it to the lady zubaydah who took it and turned it about marvelling at the beauty of its make after which she gave it to the damsel saying is this thy dress of feathers she replied yes o my lady and at once putting forth her hand took it joyfully then she examined it and rejoiced to find it whole as it was not a feather gone so she rose and came down from beside the lady zubaydah and taking her sons in her bosom wrapped herself in the feather dress and became a bird by the ordinance of allah to whom belong might and majesty whereat zubaydah marvelled as did all who were present then she walked with a swaying and graceful gait and danced and sported and flapped her wings whilst all eyes were fixed on her and all marvelled at what she did then said she with fluent tongue is this goodly o my ladies and they replied yes o princess of the fair all thou dost is goodly said she and this o my mistresses that i am about to do is better yet then she spread her wings and flying up with her children to the dome of the palace perched on the saloon roof whilst they all looked at her wide-eyed and said by allah this is indeed a rare and peregrine fashion never saw we its like then as she was about to take flight for her own land she bethought her of hasan and said hark ye my mistresses and she improvised these couplets o oh, who has quitted these abodes and fairest leaf and light to other objects of thy love with fain and fastest flight deemest thou that bided i with you in solace and in joy or that my days amid you all were clear of bane and blight when i was captive tain of love and snared in his snare he made of love my prison and he fared for me forthright so when my fear was hidden he made sure that near should i pray to the one the omnipotent to render me my right he charged his mother keep the secret with all the care she could in closet shut and treated me with enemies despite but i o heard their words and held them fast in memory and hoped for fortune fair and weal and blessings infinite my faring to the hammam bath then proved to me the means of making minds of folk to be confounded at my sight wondered the bride of al-rashid to see my brilliancy when she beheld me right and left with all of beauty dight then quoth i o our caliph's wife i once was wont to own a dress of feathers rich and rare that did the eyes delight and it were now on me thou shouldst indeed see wondrous things that would efface all sorrows and disperse all sores of sprite then deigned our caliph's bride to cry where is that dress of thine and i replied in house of him that kept darkling as the night so down upon it pounced masrur and brought it unto her 
and when twas there each feather cast a ray of beaming light therewith i took it from his hand and opened it straightway and saw its plumed bosom and its buttons pleased my sight and so i clad myself therein and took with me my babes and spread my wings and flew away with all my mane and might saying o husband's mother mine tell him when cometh he and ever wouldest meet her thou from house and home must flee when she had made an end of her verses the lady zubaydah said to her wilt thou not come down to us that we may take our fill of thy beauty o fairest of the fair glory be to him who hath given thee eloquence and brilliance but she said far be from me that the past return should see then said she to the mother of the hapless wretched hasan by allah o my lady o mother of my husband it irketh me to part from thee but whenas thy son cometh to thee and upon him the nights of severance longsome shall be and he craveth reunion and meeting to see and whenas breezes of love and longing shake him dolefully let him come in the islands of wak to me then she took flight with her children and sought her own country whilst the old woman wept and beat her face and moaned and groaned till she swooned away when she came to herself she said to the lady zubaydah o my lady what is this thou hast done and zubaydah said to her o my lady the pilgrimess i knew not that this would happen and hadst thou told me of the case and acquainted me with her condition i had not gainsaid thee nor did i know until now that she was of the flying jinn else i had not suffered her to don the dress nor permitted her to take her children but now o my lady words profit nothing so do thou acquit me of offence against thee and the old woman could do no otherwise than shortly answer thou art acquitted then she went forth the palace of the caliphate and returned to her own house where she buffeted her face till she swooned away when she came to herself she pined for her daughter-in-law and her grandchildren and for the sight of her son and versified with these couplets your faring on the parting day drew many a tear from me who must your flying from the home long mourn in misery and cried i for the parting pang in anguish like as fire and tear-floods chafed mine eyelids sore that near of tears were free yes this is severance ah shall we ere joy return of you for your departure hath deprived my power of privacy ah would they had returned to me in covenant of faith and they return perhaps restore of past these eyne may see then arising she dug in the house three graves and betook herself to them with weeping all whiles of the day and watches of the night and when her son's absence was longsome upon her and grief and yearning and unquiet waxed upon her she recited these couplets deep in mine eyeballs ever dwells the phantom form of thee my heart when throbbing or at rest holds fast thy memory and love of thee doth never cease to course within my breast as course the juices in the fruits which deck the branchy tree and every day i see thee not my bosom straitened is and even censures excuse the woes in me they see o thou whose love hath gotten hold the foremost in the heart of me whose fondness is excelled by mine insanity fear the compassionate in my case and some compassion show love of thee makes me taste of death in bitterest pungency and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of section seven recorded by sylvia m b in washington state